Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Championing the core conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Don't forget, if you ever miss an episode, just visit knssradio.com. You'll find a link to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show on Facebook and follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Those are the best ways to Stay informed on all the latest show updates. Well, a debt ceiling deal passed this week. Whoopie-doo. <laughs> the only thing we know for sure is it means the government won't default on our debt, and the size of that debt is only going to increase. Some say this was a win for Joe Biden. Others say it was a win for congressional Republicans. But more importantly, is it a win for you? The American taxpayer, Grover Norquist, president of Americans for Tax Reform, joins us now to discuss the recently passed debt ceiling bill and tell us why he says the compromise bill is a political win for Republicans. Grover, thank you for joining us this evening. It's a pleasure to have you back on the show again, my friend. Oh, absolutely. Good to be with you. This is in the middle of a very long football game. And what just happened is the Republican gained yardage. The Republicans moved it towards their, the touchdown uh, line for the other team, and Biden fell back a bit. Uh, does that mean we scored a goal? No, we didn't score a goal. We're a long way from um, touchdown. How about if we do touchdown? Uh, we're a long way from getting a touchdown. We're a long way from anything that looks like winning, but we are moving in the right direction. And uh, it, is, it was not clear uh, 100 days ago when Biden started saying, I'm not talking to the Republicans, and the establishment press all echoed, that sounds reasonable. <laughs> why, should you, why should you negotiate with the Republicans who want some you know, spending restraint? You should just insist that the government uh, you know, print more money and be able to borrow more money. And, uh, and that was, there was a consensus that that is what we might well end up with. And it wasn't a bad bet from the president's side viewpoint. Why? 
Well, because you just seen the Republicans have 15 votes before they picked a guy who you knew was going to be the speaker. Right. That was going to happen. There wasn't any alternative. But people were, you know, picking them apart and going, I want this and I want that. And if you don't give me this, I won't give you a vote. And any five guys could could extort anything they wanted. That looked like a mess. Uh, And it was a mess on TV. However, the Republican caucus got its act together. And they realized that if they didn't pass something, they'd get up to the date when the world was going to end. Wasn't really, but but you know they keep saying that, and and many people believe it. And all it would take is you know some collection of left wing European countries to start selling dollars, and and you could you could have real panic, and then Biden would say, look who's doing this. The Republicans are doing this. Um, that would have been a very serious challenge. Uh, and they got together and they said, well, let's make a list of what we what we want, what what, what we need to do. And it was a very serious list, $4 trillion in spending cuts, okay? Now, I, I think it was very ambitious, but it was a great way to start the negotiation. Um, you know, I understand people go, well, you know, the final deal we got wasn't everything we won. I got news for them. I didn't like the, their opening bid of only $4 trillion over the next two years. I thought that was much less than needs to be done. Was it moving in the right direction? Yeah. And I what really matters is, are you moving in the right direction? Are you setting yourself up for the next win? You know, when you play billiards and you you, you you make one hit with the ball, but then you want the white ball that you're trying to hit everything, the cue ball that you're trying to hit everything else with, you want that to be in a place from which you can play well, from which you can do have another uh, success. Right. And that's what we got with this. It is – look, we took $20 billion out of the IRS's slush fund which they were going to use to harass the American people. Now, the Democrats, when they had complete power, House, Senate, Presidency, they passed legislation to give them $80 billion. So 20, it's actually 22, $22 billion of the 80 we took away from them. They don't have it legally. It's not theirs anymore. If they were to ever get it back, you need the House, Senate, and the Presidency to agree, and the Republicans' answer is no. And I'm not even sure you'd get the Democrats to do it in the Senate again these days. Um, so that was helpful. Then we required we, – we took all that COVID money that was left over and sitting under people's sofas. It was going to go out to hire Democratic precinct workers on Election Day. Uh, and we stripped that back, and we said that's never being spent, okay? Never. Uh, we said the president said that he wanted to start asking people who'd borrowed money, uh, student loan money, to start paying it back soon. Yeah, what right? a novel concept. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the Republicans said, it's not that we don't believe you or anything, but we're making it a law. <laughs> this, this thing that you say you're going to do, we don't trust you. And so now it's a law. And so now Biden can't undo it because it's not some executive order he's fiddling with. It is now a law uh, that it will end. Uh, there's a pipeline that's very important to Virginia and West Virginia and some of the middle Atlantic states. Well, and, and they're scared that the Democrats, that in all this craziness, they may push one of their senators um, off the edge, <laughs> off the edge of the, uh, into traffic and never be seen again. And as much as they don't like him because he actually is vaguely in favor of people having jobs in West Virginia, <laughs> um, they, they, they need his vote. So we got the pipeline added, okay? Does that solve all our pipeline problems? No, but you know what it is? That's a really good example to work from. 
Right. Okay, Mr. Biden, what do you want? It will cost you another pipeline. Uh, and so there's a whole series of, of little things. Okay. Now, they all add up to somewhere between $1.3 and $2 trillion over six years. Um, some of that depends on does the Republicans hold the House? If we take the Senate, we can do better. So if we take the Senate and the presidency, then that original bill we did with the $4 trillion and all that cool stuff, that's all on the table. That comes so, back. Yeah. Yes. What we've done is we've said that's the direction. We're, we're in Massachusetts and we're heading to California. And then on the way, we got as far as, oh, I don't know, Indiana. And some Republicans go, oh, I thought we were going to California. What's going on there? We've been betrayed. No, no, we are going, Jerem, going, running, going to California. Not there yet, but we're going in the right direction. And that's what matters. Well, and we I'm so simple. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, we have to keep in mind where we started. I mean, you have to, Joe Biden was at zero and not moving from zero. His starting point was, hell no, clean debt ceiling bill, no negotiation. So, if, when you consider where this ended up, he moved a lot farther than the Republicans did. They still got a chunk of what they were asking for, even though it was pared back chunks of what they were asking for, whereas Joe Biden wanted nothing and got a lot more than he didn't want. So, I, I mean, if, if you look at it from that perspective, you know, I mean, he got work requirements, which he didn't want. He got this pipeline, which he didn't want. He got spending cuts, which he didn't want. So there's things in there. I think if you look at it from that perspective, you can't say it was a win for Joe Biden. Um, I, but conversely, and, and we're talking with Grover Norquist, president of Americans for Tax Reform. I, I want to ask you this, Grover, because I know you've been in the rooms sure. with, with presidents. You've been a presidential advisor. You, you know this stuff. Um, how what would have been the downside to Republicans if they had rejected this deal and forced Joe Biden back to the negotiating table and demanded a better deal. How bad would that have been? Well, that happened several times during the debate, during this discussion. Uh, the Republicans walked several times um, and said this is not going anywhere, and Biden came back to the table. And why not uh, do the, it the again? Question, why not do it again Thursday uh, night? Why not say, nope, it's not good enough, do it again? At, at this point, I'm, I'm just projecting, because we, we did it a bunch. We thought we got as much as maybe he could scrape up from his team. Because remember, you're not just negotiating Biden. Biden's, there are a bunch of guys who sit around Biden and tell him what to do. The trial lawyers, right. the labor unions, the yeah. big city political machines, the, the radical environmentalists, the, you know, the, the, all the different paying customers of the modern Democratic Party. They all survive on government money. So you can imagine every time we take a penny out of the federal government, oh, no, we're all starving to death. Right. Um, and they have his ear. They bought him the presidency. They made him president, and they could take it away from him in 25 seconds if they wanted to. So because they go, we'll find somebody else who will do everything we want um, and maybe who's younger and uh, stuff like that. So he, he had limits, not just his own, but the fact that the people around him would just as soon drop him out a window uh, as look at him if – he backed away from certain things. Um, so, it, look, in any negotiation, you could always go, we could have gotten 2% more, uh, and the answer is probably, and we could have, but we could have gotten 10% less, too. Um, so at some point, when you got close enough to the deadline, uh, you, there's always the 
you do know if we'd said no and walked out and, and then Biden said, OK, at this point, we now play it as Republicans broke the negotiations off. Um, and then there could have the ball could have bounced in one of two ways. Right. It, it could have been blame Biden. I don't think ABC, CBS, NBC, PBS or any of the national television, radio or things would, would do that. They'd all explain that we were the guys who screwed up. Right. And that was a huge danger. That was always the danger. Um, and now we had a lot of popular support. 60-40, two to one people felt that we should have spending restraints. Okay. But they have no idea what, what the, I don't mean to make fun of people, but you know, millions, trillions, billions, when it gets explained by TV, they'll go, the Republicans got a lot, and they still walked out the door. And, and you know, people don't know, well, what, you know, did they get a lot? You know, um, so there, there were real dangers. It could have bounced, the, the ball could have bounced the wrong way and been very damaging. What we got was something you could take back to any Republican and say, look at these wins. These are things we have wanted for a long time. These are things that we took away from the Democrats. Uh, the Democrats got one thing, debt ceiling increase. Everything else of the 90 pages, 99 pages of law, everything else is a Republican win. Now, we can argue, and I would argue, I want not 99, I want 199. But every one of the 99 is a win. And then having done that, we then go into the next election. There, there, there are two things I, I, I think people are insufficiently focused on because it's hard to see them. One is, we now, this budget cycle and next budget cycle, the government's instructed, do regular order, meaning have committee hearings right. and decide what the defense budget Which is. they haven't done budget. in decades, right? They have not been in regular order for years. 1996 was the last time That's they right. did it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's been a while. Um, and so what they do is they just pile everything up in the back of the yard, light it on fire, and go, that's the budget. Well, one of the reasons you haven't seen Republican ratings – remember they used to hand these things, you go vote, and they hand you, here's the Republican rating of the senator, and here's what they've done, and they, vote, they voted two, twice for taxpayers and eight times against them – is we don't have any votes anymore to speak of. I mean it is just like one big vote on taxes, not a dozen votes on the pieces of taxes, or one big vote on the budget's too big. You know, that would be one thing. Um, but no votes on the pieces. We are now going to have hundreds of votes on the floor of the House, of the Senate, where Republicans will, will – every one of the things we tried to get this time that didn't get done will say, well, on this – on the education budget, we'd like to take this much out for this reason. And then the Democrats will vote it down. Um, and the Democrats will go out and demand X amount more here and there. We are going to have hundreds of votes. Every single Democrat will be painted wild spending left-wing – progressive, crazy person. And self it's a self-portrait. They, they paint themselves that way with all the votes they're casting in the House and the Senate. And every Republican can sculpt exactly the caricature of himself that he wants based on how you vote on these primaries. We're going to have a very informed electorate in two years because people will be able to say, not he doesn't like X. Let's say, here's the vote on Tuesday, you know, uh, August 4th. And it's written in the, in the congressional record that my congressman voted this way, which everybody in this room knows is crazy. So vote against them. Right. It'll be um, a pleasant change for up. sure. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm, I think the votes that are coming are a very key part of what we just won.
I know we have to let you run, but I, I have to ask you real quickly about the 2024 race. The last time we had you on, it was a much smaller field. I think the former president was the only declared candidate. Now that primary field is getting crowded. Uh, I mean, we've got Ron DeSantis and Rick Scott and a few others who've entered the race. Mike Pence and Chris Christie are apparently going to announce next week. Uh, are, are we forming a circular firing squad here, or do you think it's good to have so many candidates in the field? I think it is fine to have many candidates. I think they should get out and talk about stuff. And you will, they, some of them will hit on something that really works. Like uh, in 2000, George, George W. Bush discovered that when he said, let's get rid of the death tax, he was the biggest applause line yeah. in his speech. Biggest. And not only did he then always talk about it, but all the other Republicans did. And instead of going, well, that seems a little too radical to me. I can't imagine somebody who makes $30,000 a year really cares about somebody with a million dollars. Yes, they do. Yeah. This is not a country based on envy. Okay, this is, this is a very healthy country in that zone, absent certain places in Manhattan and San Francisco. Um, and so we will discover winning issues because there'll be seven, eight, ten people looking at them. And I, I don't think they'll all be here by January, maybe. Um, but they'll be out in debates. They'll be talking. They will discover things that work. Rubio hit on a couple of things recently that would, you know, oh, my goodness, who knew that that, that was a winning way to phrase the topic we've been trying to explain for a while, you know. Uh, and I think that's healthy. Plus, this is the people that will be in the cabinet. One of these guys or ladies will be vice president, uh, and we should look at them. And, you know, back when I was younger, they used to pull the vice president out of a hat. Uh, not one of the guys who ran. <laughs> some guy, what? And then Agnew. Who? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, so, and, and I think you're right. I think this is a good time to vet them. But I do hope you're right about, you know, look, if you're not polling above, say, 3% come January, it's time to clear the field and, and get down to brass tacks. Yeah, and – Hopefully that will happen. Um, when Pat Robertson was running for president, he stayed in a little too long, uh, running against Bush in, in 88. And uh, Paul Weirich, he came to talk to Paul Weirich, great conservative uh, leader from the, the time. And, and Paul said, it's time to step out. You've made your point and everything. Uh, you've certainly built a, a, an aggressive uh, movement um, in, in doing this. And he said, well, but God told me I was going to be president. And Weirich, who is smarter than I was when later I had the same conversation with somebody I didn't think as quickly as Weirich did, he said, yes, but he, did he tell you when? <laughs> and Pat Robertson said, no, he didn't tell me when. Well, then maybe next time, okay? And with each of these guys, whether it's their mom told them they were going to do it or their ambition told them they are going to do it or, or the Lord told them they were going to do it, the answer is it doesn't have to happen now. Right. And so maybe um, it was a good shot. You built up. Name ID, people learned who you were, a bunch of people liked you, you've got all these babies out there you smooched on, and now it's time to take a look at not running now, but perhaps thinking about it in the future. Right. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Grover, I, I appreciate you. If folks want to follow you, if they want to get in touch, they can find you at ATR.org. And again, Americans for Tax Reform on Twitter is Tax Reformer. And you're on Twitter at Grover Norquist, correct? Thank, thank you, yes. I, I follow you. I appreciate you. And uh, thank you again for joining us this evening. Carry on the fight, my friend. I'll give it a shot. Good to see you.
We'll take a quick break. If you want to be a part of the show, our studio lines are open, 316-869-1330. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after this. Oh, no. What? Who are you? Backseat driver here. What were you thinking trying to pass that truck on the right? He was in my way. Bad move, bucko. When you drive too close to his back bumper or drive next to him on the right, he can't see you. We call it the The no-zone. No-zone? Those are the blind spots close behind, in front, or beside trucks to both the right and the left. So what if trucks can't see me? I can see them and get by fast. Well, Slick, that's 80,000 pounds of metal at 70 miles per hour. 80,000 pounds? They take twice as long to stop and are three times more deadly in a collision. Yikes! Yikes is right, Junior. So if you want to live another day, smart guy, give trucks some room. Pass only on the left and don't cut them off too close. And for the love of Pete, don't text and drive. Know the no-zones. Get the facts at kansashighwaypatrol.org slash no-zone. The Kia Summer Sales Event is upon us at Midwest Kia. Each month this summer, we'll announce huge dealer discounts on select models, giving you a chance to trade out your competitive make for a brand-new Kia from Midwest Kia. In June, see why the all-new Kia K5 leaves our competitors in the dust. Ready to upgrade your Nissan Altima, Honda Accord, Toyota Camry, or Ford Fusion? Trade it in towards the purchase of any new K5 and get a $2,000 discount. No matter the year, no matter the miles, your competitive trade saves you $2,000 instantly. At Midwest Kia, you'll find inventory in stock and available today with fair pricing that is never over MSRP and no fine print and gotcha tricks that require the fast talk disclaimer at the end of this ad. It's a better way to buy that is simple, transparent, and fast. Trade in that old sedan and upgrade to a new 2023 Kia K5 today and get a $2,000 dealer discount only at Midwest Kia. All new Kias come with an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile limited powertrain warranty. Visit Midwest Kia or MidwestKia.com. And remember, we want to see you in a Midwest Kia. Limited powertrain warranty valid till June 30th. This is Dana Lash, and you're listening to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. As a reminder, you can always listen to us by telling your smart speaker to play KNSS Radio. And if you ever miss an episode, just visit knssradio.com. You'll find links to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page and follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer, you get all the latest updates on the show. Keep in mind, we've got a couple of big guests coming up next week. Former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich will be with us. And, as I said, big guests, Tyrus from Fox News will be with us next week. So make sure you join us next Sunday. And we'll be, again, our local candidate previews uh, as well. We'll, uh, we'll start interviewing and having conversations with our local election candidates starting next week. So we've got a, a huge show planned. And yeah, look really looking forward to talking with Newt. We've had both the Newt and Tyrus on the show before. It'll be nice to have them uh, have them back on the show. 
you know, we, we do the liberal lunacy file every once again, once in a while. And here's another story. A man who identifies as a woman, so in other words, a man, claims he was verbally and physically assaulted by a TSA agent at JFK Airport and is now threatening to kill himself, according to the Daily Mail. At least they said himself instead of herself. The individual, who goes by the name Mara on Twitter, took to social media in order to tell his followers what reportedly happened in a caption, uh, in a captioned crying selfie in the airport bathroom. I wonder if it was the men's bathroom or the women's bathroom. Hmm, inquiring minds want to know. Which has now been deleted. The individual wrote, Hi, so a TSA agent at JFK Airport punched me in the genitalia, yelled at me for having a penis, and humiliated me in front of everyone after I told her to please stop. Okay, first off, let me ask, if he identifies as a she, why does she? But Okay, I'm not going to. He then asked his followers for advice on what he should do about the situation. In a second post, the individual said that he had been in the airport bathroom for over an hour and that his, quote, balls still hurt so bad. <laughs> Unquote. I thought it was a woman. In that case, how could his balls hurt? I'm just reading this straight from the Daily Mail. Later, the individual said he does not want the TSA agent to be fired, and here's the best part, but instead he wants her educated and the entirety of TSA abolished altogether. <laughs> That's tolerance there. That's tolerance. Uh, I don't want her fired. I just want the entirety of the TSA abolished, which, if you follow that logic, would mean she would get fired. <laughs> uh, you know, you don't have to make this stuff up. It just, it's just there for the taking. We'll take a quick break. Pay a few bills and coming up, Joel Griffith from the Heritage Foundation will tell us why they feel that deal that Grover Norquist says was a win for Republicans. Heritage Foundation say it's bad for America and bad for you. We'll find out why right after this. Our studio lines are open 316-869-1330. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Expand your outdoor living space and get 11% off all concrete landscape blocks from Menards. There's no limit to what you can create. Check out our great selection of patio blocks. Design an open and spacious outdoor living area with 12 by 12 patio blocks. Just $129 each after 11% rebate. Good through June 11th. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Brought to you by Midwest Kia. We want to see you in a Midwest Kia. Rain chances wind down in the evening with a loss of daytime heating, partly cloudy skies, and lows in the lower 60s overnight as a northeast wind develops at 5 to 10. Mostly sunny mid-80s Monday afternoon. A threat of one or two showers or storms in the afternoon hours. I'm KNSS meteorologist Rodney Price. 
I'm Kathleen Maloney. Some tense moments in D.C. after a wayward and unresponsive business plane flew into restricted airspace. The military sent a fighter jet, and that caused a loud sonic boom. I'm told that the plane never actually came close to the Capitol itself. Uh, they only went to that enhanced posture for a couple of moments, and they never really perceived this as a threat to the Capitol. But these planes are not allowed to fly inside of that bubble around Washington, D.C. This is in the post-9-11 world. Fox is Chad Pergram. The Republican presidential field is expanding this week. Three more candidates are expected to announce they're jumping in, including former Vice President Mike Pence, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, and North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum. America is listening to Fox News. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. What's happening? When news happens, these things are happening all at once. No first with KNSS. As we learn more about the extent of what happened here, what's happening right now really is unprecedented. Every day we discover something new and important. We're always live and always local. We have one job inform the American people, providing you the most up to date information minute by minute throughout the day. 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. The people get it at all times. And streaming on the free Odyssey app. Steve and Ted Mornings. Vegas, something new. Former adults-only Fetish Fuel Resort is now set to become Las Vegas' first cannabis-friendly hotel. After a multi-million dollar renovation, the artisan has now been transformed into the Lexi, and its selling point is the embrace of marijuana. I'm guessing that's not on the strip. I'm not going to Vegas anytime soon, but I probably will not stay there. Yes, I'm sure weed has never been smoked in any yeah, Vegas yeah, hotel yeah, until yeah. now. This is the very first one. Yes. Steve and Ted in the morning on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for their news, traffic, weather, sports, and a community connection. It's the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping us safe in dangerous times. It's critical that we keep AM radio in cars, because when cell and Internet services are down, this free emergency service could be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. For more than a century, AM radio has evolved to meet the needs of our community. In their car, at home, or on the job, more than 80 million listeners depend on AM radio each month. AM radio is also the backbone of the emergency alert system, which keeps us safe in dangerous times. It's reliable, free, and public safety depends on it. Text AM to 52886 
and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Live Sunday nights, this is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. As always, you can listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook. And, of course, follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. That's the best way to stay informed on all the latest show updates. Well, as we already discussed, the debt ceiling deal has passed and the government won't default on our debt. But is it a win for the American taxpayer? One group that was firmly opposed to the deal was the Heritage Foundation, who sent out a press release earlier this week that read in part, overall, this agreement would continue America's trajectory towards economic destruction and expand the federal government, excuse me, expanded federal control. House Republicans must go back to the negotiating table and demand more concessions from the Biden administration. Well, sadly, they didn't do that. Heritage stands with the everyday American and behind every member of Congress who is willing to fight for fundamental fiscal change in Washington. Joining us now to explain why they took such a hard stance against the bill is Joel Griffith. He is a research fellow in the Thomas A. Rowe Institute for Economic Policy Studies at the Heritage Foundation. Joel, thank you for joining us this evening. It's a pleasure to have you back on the show again, my friend. Hey, thank you for having me. So uh, just so that you know, uh, only two members of our federal delegation, of the Kansas delegation, took you up on your offer. Uh, Congressman Tracy Mann and Senator Roger Marshall. I actually interviewed Senator Marshall for our morning show on Friday and, uh, you know, I, I have to agree, most fiscally conservative and pro-growth policies contained in the House passed Limit Save Grow Act were, were basically stripped out or diluted from the deal that was passed on Friday, uh, which begs the question, why didn't they, you know, go back and say, no, ain't pass, you know, reject, as my mother used to say when I didn't sweep the driveway well enough and send me back to do it again? Well, right. The uh, Republican compromise uh, was a complete cave to the progressives in the Biden administration. In fact, more Democrats than Republicans in both the House and the Senate voted for, right. for yeah. this uh, this awful piece of legislation. And you know, if you look at the overall spending under the so-called compromise, overall federal spending is actually likely going to increase mm-hmm. again next year relative to this year. And that's because only a small part of the budget is actually cut. And it's only a minuscule 0.8% cut. And they're taking this victory lap. But look, the, the federal government right now is nearly 50% bigger than it was just prior to COVID. So basically what this package does, it freezes in place for one year, this enormous expansion of the government. And then over the next eight years, it's going to increase each and every year. 
threatening us with even more inflation and higher taxes. Yeah, I mean, earlier this hour, we spoke to Grover Norquist. And, and, I mean, you know Grover. He's about as fiscally conservative as you can get. And he calls this a win, a, a political win for Republicans. And, and I get it. I mean, his argument is that it's incremental and that it, you know, it moves the ball closer mm. to where we want to be. And I get that argument, but we're still borrowing $1.3 trillion from our children this year. And, you know, I, I find that hard to believe that that's a win for Republicans. Let me ask you this, Joel. You know, you're, you're an economic research fellow. How bad would it have been if we had said no and sent it back? How bad would it have been, for that matter, if we had passed the debt ceiling? If, if, if oh, my God, we default. I mean, how bad is this? Well, there was a lot of hysteria over a possible default, but, you know, that actually was not going to be happening at Thank the beginning you. of June. Thank you. Um, there's a thing called debt prioritization. We all do this in our own budgets. You have to rank your bills in order. And, you know, if you know you, if you have a personal shortfall in your budget, the first thing you're going to do is not go into default on your home loan or your mortgage. You're going to cut out maybe going out to dinner an extra night. You might cut out a family vacation. You're going to cut out the non-essentials. Likewise, in our federal budget. We had we have enough tax revenue coming in to cover all of the interest payments on the debt, to cover all the defense spending, all the Social Security spending, even the health entitlement spending. We would have had to have a freeze or a partial government shutdown in some other areas, but we've lived through that before. Right. Multiple times in the past 10 years, and we were A-OK. We should have had conservatives pushing to actually had a better budget deal. In fact, there was a proposal – that Republicans had worked on just prior to this cave-in that would have cut federal spending by $4 for every dollar limit was increased. And here's the dirty little secret about this package that was passed by Republicans. It doesn't just lift the debt ceiling. It actually completely does away with the debt ceiling until the beginning of 2025. Treasury can take on trillions and trillions of unlimited amounts. Um, because of this package. It's awful. I know. And, Joel, one of the things that frustrates me, and we had a guest on the show last Sunday, Adrian Kubitsky, the consul general from Poland, and he was talking about how uh, Ukraine is about to run out of the money that we've already given them and how you know it's very urgent that we give them more money. And I'm sitting here, and I asked him, and you know it's only a matter of time now, that Joe Biden is going to come to us, the American taxpayer, for more money for Ukraine. Well, now we've given them the ability. So literally, we are going to borrow money to turn around and then give that money to the to Ukraine. And don't get me wrong, nobody wants to see Russia win in Ukraine, but we're we are literally borrowing money to then give it to another country. It there's just expenses like that or the fact that this new agreement essentially leaves untouched Biden's slush fund of 87,000 new IRS agents. There were just things like that that were so irritating about this bill, they just could have done better. Yes, well, this bill also leaves in place potentially hundreds of billions of dollars to the green energy industry yes, that is going to be jacking up energy costs for us. And you saw a few Republicans celebrating the permitting reform. I'm all for some permitting reform because we know it's very difficult to build new refineries and new pipelines. Um, and, and, and to increase drilling in this country. But this permitting reform was primarily focused on greenlighting windmills and solar panels and these green New Deal boondoggle energy products that are sucking up taxpayer dollars. 
That is the worst kind of permitting form you could hope for. That's in there as well. And then another thing you should mention, the Republic, some of the Republicans that supported this awful legislation are celebrating that it uh, ends the student loan payment freeze. Look, the student loan payment freeze, that's awful policy. But guess what? That's already set to expire in a month and a half. That's what I thought. So helps it expire one month early. Why, why are we taking a victory lap on that when they left in place nearly a trillion dollars of proposed Biden student loan forgiveness plans that are going to go into effect through the adjustment on income-based repayment programs? Congress had a chance to tell Biden, you can't do that. So we're celebrating $5 billion of savings by ending the freeze one month early, but they're allowing nearly $1 trillion worth of student loan forgiveness to go through. This, it just makes no sense. We're talking with Joel Griffith, a research fellow at the Thomas Rowe Institute for Economic Policy Studies at the Heritage Foundation. You know, I keep checking off the things that I don't like about the bill. One of the things, and and I again, Senator Marshall pointed this out when we talked to him on Friday morning, there's not a single cent that goes to address the top national security threat that that faces our country, and that's the border crisis. There's nothing in here for the border, for fentanyl, for fighting anything. that There's not a dime. Now, there is money, however, in this to go to fight the climate crisis, but nothing for the border. Yeah, uh, just yeah, it's another disappointment on that front as well. It, it wouldn't take hundreds of billions of dollars to solve the border crisis either. We, we actually could divert. I mean, we, yeah, think of all the COVID money that wasn't spent. This budget compromise claws back the money, then spends it elsewhere. In effect, you're clawing back COVID money, but they're keeping 87,000 tax agents. Why couldn't they have clawed back the COVID money? They were not going to hire those 87,000 agents to harass businesses, and instead we'll use that 30-something billion dollars to actually enhance border security. These are all common sense things that could have been done but that weren't done. So, Joel, let me go back then to the conversation we had earlier in the hour with, with Grover Norquist. He said he considers this a political win for Republicans. Do you agree? Do you think it's a win, or do you think it's it's a capitulation? Well, here's the thing. Um, political wins are not necessarily policy wins. Uh, think back to the, the COVID era when trillions of dollars worth of so-called COVID spending was passed, including thousands of dollars of stimulus checks that were delivered to most Americans. That arguably was a political win. The problem is it was very bad public policy. Right. Sure, it helped several politicians get reelected, but now we're all paying for it. And likewise, with this package, I don't claim to be a political strategist. I am not one. Perhaps this is a political win. But if it is a political win, it does not change the reality that this is a millstone around the necks of the American people, politics aside. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm really good because you're right. It may very well be politically a good move. It may help someone as a, in a palm card, but it's not good at the pocketbook. And that's really what where, where the differential is here. Well, and it's, you know, it's probably a political win that politicians keep uh, pushing the can down the road on entitlement reform. We know that Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, if things are left unchecked, that we're going to have to print trillions of dollars each year in magnitudes greater than what we did during COVID to pay the bills. I mean, this will wreak havoc on middle-class families if we print that kind of money. But yet politicians find it expedient to just blame the economic misery on other factors. And whether it's Republicans or Democrats, you see very few of them 
that are willing actually to address the long-term deficit drivers. But you know what? Most incumbents get reelected every election, and perhaps kicking the can down the road is indeed a political win on that issue as well. But we're all going to be suffering for it a few years from now. Yep. I, I Sadly, I, I think you're right, Joel. Uh, I appreciate you. You're always insightful, my friend. If folks want to get in touch with you, if they want to contact you, they can find you on Twitter at Joel Griffith. And, of course, Heritage Foundation is at heritage.org, correct? Yes, that is correct. Joel, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you again for joining us tonight. And carry on the fight, my friend. All right. Have a great rest of the weekend. We'll take a quick break, and when we return, our studio lines will be open, 316-869-1330. Give us a call. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after this. Are you considering a remodeling project for your home? While many remodeling companies come and go, more than 20,000 extremely satisfied customers have chosen Southwestern Remodeling over the course of nearly 50 years in business. We believe the reason for our longevity and proven success stems from our processes that consistently drive excellence. From the initial in-home consultation into the design process and through product and finish selection, you are accompanied by one of our project consultants assisting in every step along the way. Once construction begins, your consultant will stay involved in supporting our dedicated field staff of 32 true employee craftsmen through the process of turning your remodeling dream into a reality. If you're ready to experience the difference a truly professional firm with nearly five decades spent perfecting a truly unique process brings to the table, we would love the opportunity to become a part of your remodeling transformation. Give the Southwestern Remodeling Team a call at 263-1239. Stop by our showroom at 134 North Elizabeth or view our project galleries online at southwesternremodeling.com. The days are heating up, and it's time to get ready for concerts in the park at the Capitol Federal Amphitheater, 1607 East Central in Andover. Free Music Friday every Friday night starting Friday, June 16th with the Lou Brown Band. Bring your lawn chair, blankets, and some extra cash for the food trucks. Gates open at 630. Music starts at 8 p.m. No outside coolers allowed. It's Free Music Fridays with concerts in the park at the Capitol Federal Amphitheater in Andover. This is an important notice to consumers facing $10,000 or more in credit card debt, medical bills, or other unsecured debt. You may not be required to pay it all back because there are special programs now in effect that will significantly reduce the amount you will owe if you qualify. This is not bankruptcy or a debt consolidation loan. These programs, which the credit card companies like to keep secret, exist to aid American consumers struggling with overwhelming credit card debt by offering tremendous savings and real debt relief. Accredited Debt Relief has established a special hotline for you to call and learn what savings you qualify for. They've helped qualify consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and are A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. So don't wait. Get the relief you need during these hard economic times. For this free information, call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now. Call 800-873-7171. 800-873-7171. Tuning into the baseball game, monitoring the incoming storm, catching your favorite talk show. These are just a few of the reasons more than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio each month. And did you know AM radio is the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping us safe in dangerous times? It's reliable, free, and public safety depends on it. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. 
Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Want to remind you to stay informed with up-to-the-minute news by downloading the Odyssey app or telling Alexa or Google Home to play KNSS radio. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page and follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. And as always... Our studio lines are open, 316-869-1330. Would love to hear from you. Don't forget, next Sunday, Newt Gingrich and Tyrus from Fox News will be with us. In the meantime, Terry, you're on the John Whitmer Show. Thank you for sticking around, my friend. Good evening, John. Hey, as a Kansas taxpayer, I was just curious with your communications, had you been surprised about the vote? of Ron Estes and Jerry Moran. I called my representatives, both House and Senate. But were you surprised about the way those two particular people voted well, on the tax? Not necessarily. I mean, you know, Grover Norquist makes me look like a fiscal moderate. You know, he's he's very fiscally conservative. And you, you heard in the interview, he made some very good arguments for voting yes and and i think he made some good points um I, ron estes is as solid a conservative as you can get he's reliably conservative he has been in congress and and i think you know i haven't talked to ron i, I i've got his cell phone i could call him but I, I think if i did he would tell me that this was the best deal that we could get and um, I do think that the Democrats were were willing to drive this thing into the uh, off the cliff, and I think what would have happened um, probably had they forced this issue, had they gone back, had Republicans gone back and said, "No, we want more," I would not have been surprised if Hakeem Jeffries and Chuck Schumer and the squad uh, forced Biden to try and do this via the Fourteenth Amendment. And, and and that would have forced a constitutional crisis. We'd be caught up in the courts. I mean, it just would have been, I think it would have been toxic. And so I think Ron and some others probably saw this as, look, it's the best. It's incrementalism. It's sort of what Reagan used to say when he and Tip O'Neill would make a deal. He'd say, well, I got 80% of what I wanted, so I'll take the 80 and come back for the 20. I haven't spoken to Jerry Moran. My guess is he'd make the same argument. Um, I don't think I don't think any of them liked it, but. But it was just Letourneau and Roger Marshall that Correct. voted no. Correct. That's it. Correct. And I I commended both of them. I, I As I said, I talked to Senator Marshall. I, I sat in for Steve McIntosh on the morning show on Friday, and we had Doc on the show. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, he I, – I, I love Doc. And 
I, I was not. I would have been surprised had Dr. Marshall voted for it, to be honest. That would have shocked me because I, I, I knew that Dr. Marshall wouldn't vote for it. And frankly, I'm not surprised that, that Tracy didn't vote for it. I texted him as well to let him know that I you know, commended him. I thanked him for his, his no vote. And, uh, you know, some of them are fiscal. I, when I was in the legislature, I would have done the same thing uh, because there were times that I some people pick their battles differently. Taxes and spending is one of those that I was you know, pretty much a stickler. I made one bad tax vote and I'd never do it again. And I think there are some things that, you know, I think Senator Marshall and Tracy probably said that, no, I'm not going to do it. But I don't I don't fault Ron or Jerry for for voting for it. I, I wish we could have had a better deal is all. I see. Well, I appreciate your follow up. I know that you talk to them more than just on the air so, or at least know more about their communications. But I was a little surprised, but it's hard to really be surprised anymore. So that's yeah, kind of I, the way it is. I would not. I was not surprised by Senator Moran. Uh you know, Ron, I could have seen him go both ways on it, but I do think, you know, Ron is a solid fiscal conservative. I don't think you have anything to be concerned about with Ron's vote. I just think he was wanting to make sure that it passed and because I think they saw the alternative it would have been much worse, and it probably would have. I think the Democrats – see, the problem we have is the press was all in the tank, and had Certainly. we forced this, you know what they would have done to us. They would have said Certainly. that it was the Republicans and, and blamed us mm-hmm. all, and, oh, poor Joe – and, you know, oh, Joe did a great thing, and the Republicans wouldn't work with him, and, you know, they would have hung us out to dry. Mm-hmm. So I, that, that's my guess. But I hope that you answers your question. It, oh, no, go ahead. And you don't think, yeah, and you don't think it would have gone to default even if the no. Republicans would have voted no? Uh, I can't remember the year. I think it was in the 80s. But we've gone through this before where we had a government shutdown, and, you know, the parks were closed, and you, you couldn't go see Old Faithful and uh, I don't. Do you remember this? You know, and this yes, was same thing happened, and we went. We had a government yes. shutdown. You know what happened? Nothing. People right. still got their social security checks. Military members still got paid. Our def- our debt still. We still made our debt payments. But the government had to do what Americans have to do when they're faced with debt: figure out what to pay, and they prioritize. And that's what would have happened. But you know, who knows? Maybe it'll happen again in January. So, Terry, I appreciate you. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for calling and. Newt Gingrich, Tyrus, next Sunday. In the meantime, carry on, fellow deplorables. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.